you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be in Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is where I'll be reading from this morning. You know, every week I pray and I ask the Lord what He would have me to bring to you. And today I, I want to tell you and remind to you something that the Scriptures remind us of. That the Lord is our present help in time of trouble. Do you believe that? I hope today that when you leave this place, you will be encouraged and challenged to remember who God is and what God has done and what God is doing in your life and how he's moving and working and how we should allow him to move and work in our lives. Psalm 46 is one of those psalms that is well known for many, many reasons, but it is a Reminder this morning to us that God is not only our help in time of trouble, but he is our refuge and he is our strength. In both good times and bad. So maybe this message this morning is for you because I know it's been for me as I've studied it this week and I've thought about it. So let's read Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea and though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and its swellings, their rivers and there is a river, those streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be removed or moved. God shall help her just as the break of dawn. And the nations raged and the kingdoms were moved and we uttered his voice to the earth melted. And the Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord and who has made desolation in the earth. He makes war and cease to end of the earth. He breaks the bows and cuts the spears in two. He burns the chariots in fire, in the fire. And then that wonderful part of this chapter. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This morning I want to share with you simply that God is our present help in time of trouble. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we ask that you would allow your spirit to minister to us, to help us, to open our hearts, that we might come to know you better. For some of us, maybe it's just a reminder that God, no matter what we face in this life, what we go through, the hardships we face, you're with us. You go before us. And many times you prepare a way where there seems to be no way. And Father God, today I pray that this church and these individuals, your children here today, would be encouraged and be uplifted. I pray that they would be able to hear a word from you as your word is read this, this day, and as your Holy Spirit is ministering. Father, you do your will and way in this place today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Some of you may know the name of Martin Luther. Martin Luther, as you know, is the center of the Reformation many years ago. In 1527, he reached the height of his troubles. Martin Luther had faced something that probably you and I to this point haven't faced a whole lot in this country. That everything that he thought, everything that he had, everything that he was, he was having to give it up for the truth. He come to understand that God's word was more than what the popular crowd was saying in his day and time. And he stood and he began to, to say that, wait a minute. Is this true that what we're saying is wrong, but God's word is true and we are to return to the scripture? We must return to the Bible. And in his day, it cost him a, a lot to stand for his faith and to believe in God. And there is a hymn that we sing that sometimes is sung even still today. And it's a mighty fortress is our God. And guess who wrote it? This man in the midst of his struggles and his, his, his powerless against his many enemies began to trust God and believe and stand for what was right in the midst of all this. And in the midst of his struggle, he came to this realization of something that this psalm, Psalm 46, tells us and should still tell us today, that God is the rock that we stand on. He is our refuge. He is our strength. How many people do you know today that are putting their faith and their hope in everything and everything except the one thing, the one person who is the refuge, who is the rock, who is our strength, God? We put our hope in the economy and the economy fails. We put our hope in friends and friends let us down. We put our hope in relationships and relationships don't last. Listen, I want to tell you this morning, our ultimate hope is grounded in him. And in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the warfare, Martin Luther found out in a, in a more, I think, intimate way who God really is. And you know how many of you can say today, that you seem to grow more in, in the valley than you do on the mountaintop. Is God any different when you're on the valley or on the mountaintop? No. Who's different? You are. I am. Sometimes it takes a little struggle. Sometimes it takes a little warfare. Sometimes it takes a little grief. Sometimes it takes a little struggle in our life for us to stop and to remember and to think about who God really is and to turn our hearts and our minds back toward him. I say to you today that we need the Lord and we need his presence and we need his hand and we need his blessing in our life today more than we ever have. Can, can you agree with me on that? Amen. Trouble comes to us many different ways. There was a chaplain to the Senate in, in Washington, D.C. many years ago who used to tell this story and it's an incredible story. It's funny, but it, when you get to the point you stop and think about it, it's true. Some of you may have heard this story. But as he told this story, even on the Senate floor many years ago, he began to tell the story and he began to say that there was a man who was a construction worker. And he and his construction workers, as many construction workers do, they sit down together and they bring their pail, they bring their lunch with them every day, and they sit down and they eat lunch together and then they go back to work. And there was this one guy who would come and he would open up his lunchbox and everybody would hear him say, Ugh. 
Now, if you ever done that, if you ever had somebody fix your lunch and you open it up and you look down in there and it's just not what you're hoping for. He opened up the pail and all he would say is baloney, baloney, baloney. Day after day after day after day, he would do the same thing and say the same thing. Finally, one guy, he got so tired of hearing this man complain about his bologna sandwiches, he looked at him and he said, man, why don't you tell your wife to stop fixing you bologna sandwiches? We're tired of hearing you complain about it. Well, he stopped and he looked at his co-worker and he said, but man, wait a minute. I don't have a wife. I fix these bologna sandwiches myself. <laughs> and on the city floor, he would stand and he would say, most of the bologna in our life is self-made. That's true, isn't it? Most of the things we go through and the trouble we have, we, it is self-inflicted. But this is not what I'm talking about this morning. There's another kind of trouble that comes. It's the kind of trouble that you never see coming. It's an illness or a sickness that you didn't do anything or deserve to have. It's not like you sinned and God struck you with an illness. You just become ill. Or a family member becomes ill. Or someone that you love and trust in your life is passing on and going to be with the Lord. There's grief that comes against you. There are people, and I believe it or not, is this true or is this not true? People will make themselves your enemy. Won't they? So maybe as a co-worker or someone somewhere who's come against you, maybe circumstances in your life have aligned in such a way that it has cre created in you this, this atmosphere, this life that you don't want. And you're sitting and you're looking kind of like Martin Luther did. And he's saying, God, shall this pass from me? That's the kind of trouble that I'm talking about this morning. Not just, oh, I, I made a mistake, now look at where I am. It's the kind of trouble that comes against you no matter what you do, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said. You find yourself in a place in life where you don't want to be and you don't know how you got there and you can't figure out why God let it happen, but you're sitting there nonetheless. The author of this great psalm, I believe, had found himself in that situation. Trouble was all around him. Everywhere he would look, left to right, he would find trouble, trouble, trouble. Job, a man, wouldn't you say, who trouble, who found a lot of trouble in his life. Job did nothing to deserve the trouble that he had to endure. In fact, God allowed it in his life. Now that's something of another sermon. But Job would say in chapter 14 of verse 1, he says that man is born of woman who has few days and life is full of trouble. Isn't that true? How many of you look in the mirror and, uh, and, and go, where, where did that person that I knew, where do you go? <laughs> My wife showed me a picture of somebody I knew from way back. I hadn't seen in years. This week, and I looked at it, and I'm, I'm who is that? <laughs> then I looked in the mirror, and I went, who in the world is that? <laughs> Job said, life is short. Days are few, but there can be one thing for certain, that in this life, you will have trouble. Now, some of you sitting here today, you're in the midst of it. Some of you are headed toward it. Don't even see it yet. Some of you just coming out of it.
But in life brings trouble. And what the Bible says is that that the one who can help you. Listen, it's wonderful to have friends. It's wonderful to have brothers and sisters in Christ who will help you. It's wonderful to have, if, if God permits, a wife or a husband or whatever in your life. It's wonderful to have a church family. And all these things are part of God's plan. But listen, I want to tell you something. There is nobody that can help you. There's nobody that can make you stand when you feel like falling more than God. And there's a world of people out here, even within the church, who has forgotten that God is our refuge and that God must be our strength. And God must be the one that we surrender our lives to every day, afresh and anew. Sometimes we get weary and we get tired because we're making them bologna sandwiches. And other times it's because somebody else chose to do the wrong thing. Or maybe it's because... Of a circumstance that in this side of heaven we'll never figure it out. But yet it's just as real as it's ever been to you at this very moment. Maybe it's health concerns and problems. Maybe it's a combination of all of it together. You ever been in a situation when, when you found yourself in a place where it seemed like everything in your life, every major place in your life, there's something disruptive going on? You don't know why. There's not some great sin in the closet that brought it about. You just find yourself in trouble. In deep trouble. The question is, where do you turn? I don't mean to be crude or ugly this morning, but I'm not going to turn to Oprah Winfrey. I'm not even going to turn to Dr. Field. And I made some of y'all mad when I said that. But I, I'm going to turn to the Lord. I'm going to turn to him because he is the only one who has the answers. He is the only one that can reach within my heart and comfort me when no one else can. He is the only one that can give me sleep when I haven't slept for days. Do you hear me what I'm saying this morning? God is your refuge. Amen. Don't let anybody ever tell you any different. Jesus said in John 16, 13, that in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I, being Jesus, listen, I don't put a smile on your face. Be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Whatever this world throwing at you, whatever is throwing at you this very moment, whatever's going on in your life, whatever seems to be a mountain that you can't climb, a hill that you'll never get over, a valley that you'll never climb out of. Maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering and you're trying to figure it out. Listen, listen, do this. Do what the Bible says do. Surrender your heart and surrender your problem. Surrender your life. Give everything to God in that moment and ask God to be your refuge and to be your strength and to be your deliverer. And you know what he'll do? He'll do the same thing every child who loves their, every father who loves their child will do. He'll deliver you or he'll hold you close as you go through it. Sometimes the answer that God provides, believe it or not, is in the middle of the storm. That's why he don't deliver you so quickly. I've heard this said from a dear friend of mine, and it stuck with me and it's resonated with me all the days that I, since I've heard it. I remember a friend of mine told me one time he was praying for me, but I was going through a lot of hard times and struggle. 
But I remember what he said. He said, but I won't pray that God will deliver you until it's time. Do you understand what he said? I'm not going to pray that because the first thing we want to do is be delivered. Isn't that true? But sometimes God's best work is done not being delivered, but in the middle of the valley. And the child has to surrender and say, God, I trust you. I believe you. And now that I am in this place that I don't understand and I'm, I'm broken and I don't feel like I can be ever be put back together. God, I know that you are the creator. You are my Lord. You are my savior. And I can trust you because you love me and you are my heavenly father. I can trust you more than anyone else. And in the midst of this storm and in the midst of this battle, in the midst of this day, God, I will trust you. Can you say that? Psalm 46 is all about that. It's about a heart that clings to God so much that in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the trials, whether they're, they're coming out of no weather, whether they're self-inflicted, don't matter. God is with you. He loves you. As a kid, one of the things that I found the most, I guess you would say, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I've been still getting over this cold. As a kid, one of the things I used to do the most that I'll never forget to this day is I loved to build forts. Now, some of the boys, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. Kids now, they don't understand what that means. They had saying playing video games or something, but I didn't have all that. So I went out and cut down people's trees and built forts. <laughs> Only got in trouble one time for it, but he got over it. <laughs> Don't cut my trees down. We built forts. And I remember standing in the middle of the woods and, and family and friends or, or neighbor kids would come around, we'd play army. Kids loved to play army back then. You could go in any store and buy little soldiers. You can't find them hardly anymore because no kid plays with them. But back then we played army and, and, you know, we'd have the plowed fields around us and living out in a rural area, they always plowed the fields. You had these big clods of dirt, you know what I mean? That would, and that was our hand grenades. That was our bombs. I've been hit by many, many of those. <laughs> and I remember one time my dad built me something and it was the best thing on this planet. And I still today can't, I can't get it out of my head. I wish I could go back and spend some time in it. It was a fort on four poles up in the air. Had a trap door. You go through the bottom and you go in there and shut your trap door. It's the greatest fort in the world. <laughs> it was far better than anything I could build by cutting down trees. And I can't tell you the hours I spent locked away in that thing with my imagination running wild. And man, they were, they were people coming after me from every direction. But listen, in the midst of my fort, nobody could touch me. In my mind, I knew that nobody could get to me because I was in the middle of my fort and it was secure and it was sound. And it was a refuge and it was a place to get away from anything and everything in life and be able to just to sit and realize that there was some place you could go that was safe from everything. Now that's a childhood thing. And in reality, we know it was just a wooden fort. But I want to tell you, there's a place you can go. According to Psalm 46, it says there's a place you can go. 
And he don't promise you that storms will immediately cease and he don't promise you that the diagnosis will always be what you hope it is. God doesn't always immediately cease the voices of those who attack you. He doesn't always give it to you your way. But I can assure you according to the word of God and according to my experience with God is that there is a place you can go and that is right into the arms, right into the hands, right into the heart that God is there with you through it all. He says that even if trouble comes and the mountains are carried away in the midst and though its waters roar and the trouble comes, and through the mountain's sakes of swelling. In other words, picture yourself on a rough ride in a river. And, 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 and picture yourself where I was some years ago on a boat, on a ship in the midst of a, a coming hurricane. And man, that thing was rocking and rolling. Picture yourself when the water is higher than you can ever imagine and the ship is being battered and torn from side to side and you're sitting and you're wondering, how much longer will it hold? How much longer will I be in the safety of this moment? And I want to tell you, God knows the answer to that. And it will hold just as long as He chooses to allow it to. You put your faith and your hope in God. Not your circumstances, not your sickness, not your grief, not your brokenness, not your uncertainty, not whatever it is that's coming against you. You don't put your hope in your enemy. You put your hope in the one who can cease the battles when the time is ready and the one who can cease the tongues of your enemies. That's what Psalm 46 is all about. It's about a God who is our present help in time of need. Verse, first three verses of this tells us this. The Bible says that, that in this text that I love 2 Timothy. You can write it down. I won't, I won't go there for the sake of time. But if you write down 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, you will find that Timothy was in a mess. I mean, Paul was in a mess. And, and Paul had done everything God had told him to do. He had gone where he told him to go. He had spoke what he had told him to speak. He had lived the way he had told him to live. He had sacrificed everything. He gave up everything he had to follow Jesus. He had no family. He had no wife. He had nothing to comfort him except the Lord. He had given it all up to follow Jesus. And now those who were the closest to him, when things were at its height and when things were at its worst, when, when people should have been best friends with you and should have locked arms with you, Powell found himself in a place where everybody who should have helped him abandoned him. Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe you've been there for 20 years and you can't get over it. Somebody abandoned you. Somebody hurt you. And to this day, you're still angry and bitter. And can't get over it. Paul found himself in that place. And I love what the word of God says. I've got to read it. I'm sorry. Um, look with me. You look with me if you would. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter four. Verses 16 and 17. 
And Paul, if you picture yourself at this moment when he should have been surrounded by people who defended him and supported him, he found himself completely alone. And he says, at my first offense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. And may it be not be charged against them. Now that's something, isn't it? He says, these people should have stood with me, God, but they didn't. They abandoned me, but don't hold it against them. But look what he says in verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that in all the Gentiles might hear and also that I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly Kingdom. Do you believe that's true today? That when everything else fails, when you don't know where to turn and you don't know where to go and not even your best friend in the world can change your circumstances, do you know that God can? And that God still loves you. And God isn't surprised about anything that's going on in your life. God didn't, people, we're not shocked because God didn't, it wasn't a surprise that COVID-19 hit the United States of America. God ain't, that ain't a surprise. Nothing surprises the Lord. Nothing. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 6, I'm going to read this to you and I'm going to wind this down. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, if need be. You have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness, listen, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise and the honor and the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you hear what Peter was saying? That sometimes the trials and tribulations come because God allows them for a purpose. And either you let trials make you or break you. And the, and the, and the difference is who you turn to in the middle of it. I've talked to people over the years that 60, 70, even an 80 year old. Who was miserable, had been miserable for years, 80 years old now. Because somebody had harmed them or did this to them or whatever to them. They sat around bitter for 40 years. Broken, bitter, angry, full of poison. Because they was not willing to forgive and give it to God and let God do what he couldn't do. And make it right in his life. Somehow we think forgiveness is justifying what people do. But forgiveness is not justifying what someone's done to you. Forgiveness is giving it to God and letting God free you from the bondage of it. You, do you hear me? He says in verses 4 through 7 in this text, he gives this image of the, of the, the river swelling and the mountains being melted and all these horrible things. And every day we read on the news and we see in the newspaper and we see on the news and we read it about how the earth is quaking and storms are coming and fires are blazing and people are sick and cities are burning down. 
how the ocean is swirling and hurricanes are coming and tornadoes are destroying and all these things that are happening even naturally in the world. And, and of course, if you read Matthew 24, you'll see Jesus said all that was going to happen. He told us it was going to happen. But in the midst of that, you find devastation, you find brokenness, you find everything else. And this psalmist says that even when, when the world breaks you, even when things happen, even when the storms come physically and literally and wipe out everything, listen, remember where your refuge, your strength, and your courage comes from. In verse 5, he says that God is in the midst of her and she shall not be removed. <laughs> Verse 6, he says, and God is his voice and his power is all over. In verse 7, he says that God is sovereign and his power is able to make us stand. Verses 7 and 11, he says that God is our fortress. He is the one, the place that we can go in the midst of the storm, a place that we can, we can rest up from the battles of life. I want to tell you this morning that God is, God is good. And God is able to help you and sustain you through whatever you're facing today. But the question remains, are you going to turn to Him? Or are you going to turn away? Some people are already on the path of turning away. They've been on it for years. They just don't even recognize it. Verses 8 through 11 is beautiful verses. He says, come, behold the works of the Lord. <laughs> That's a sermon by itself. I won't go there, but. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolation in the earth. And he makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will exalt among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Church, whatever storm comes in your life, whatever you face, Remember how the story will end. The Bible says there will be a day when the Lord will come. When the Father will look to the Son and He will say, Go and get my children. And war will cease. There will be no more writing. There will be no more buildings burning in flame. There will be no more bullets shot. There will be no more bombs exploding. There will be no more threat of nuclear war. There will be no more disease There'll be no more worry about any of those things because God's going to put an end to all of it. And in the midst of all of this, no matter what happens in life, remember how the story ends. God is our only true refuge. He is the only one that can promise and prepare a place for you to go beyond this life and death. So what, what is it, how foolish is it for a man to seek to have everything in this world and then lose his own soul? 
God is the only one through his son Jesus that can provide that lasting and forever refuge, that eternal home, that place where we go when even death comes knocking at our door. The hope, as Paul said, whether I live or whether I die, it's a gain because of him. If you know God, if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior and you've surrendered and repented your life to Him and you have come into a right relationship with Him and the Holy Spirit now lives within you, then no matter what the world does to this body, no matter who turns against you, no matter what happens, no matter what, what hellaciousness and tribulation we go through in this life, no matter what circumstances beat at our door, listen to me, we know church how it ends and we find hope in that Stephen was stoned first martyr beautiful passage of scripture <coughs> but tragic Stephen was stoned not because he committed a crime not because he hurt anyone Stephen was stoned because he did what God told him to do. And he spoke the words of God. But you remember that beautiful image the Bible says as they were, how God took this most horrific image of a man being stoned to death. And then God opens up heaven and lets him see where he's going. And he gives him a little preview. That, hey, hey Stephen, this suffering you're going through, this trial, this aches and pains, this pain that is being thrust upon you is just for a moment. I've opened all of heaven for you. Come on, be with me. The greatest reward for the believer is not to be found in this life. It's to be found in the next My home is not here. I'm just passing through. And if you are a child of God, you're just passing through too. There's a day coming when all war will cease. All pain will be no more. There'll be no tears. And for some of us here, and some of you here today, as you go through and God opens that place up to you, you're going to stand and you're going to see that loved one that you miss again. And you're going to spend eternity with the Lord and with those you love. And there's only one way that can ever be made possible. And His name is Jesus. Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, none of that's ever going to happen for you. Your story is going to end quite differently. But if you know Jesus, we know how it ends. We may not know all the details, but we don't have to. Because we trust God until that day. Help me pray this morning. Father... I don't know what the needs are here today. 
I don't even know what the needs are in me. God, I, I ask you to search my heart and show me because there's so much in my heart I don't understand. And God, I pray that whether this person sitting here hearing this message today or whether it goes out online and reaches somebody there, wherever they are, whenever they hear it, God, may your word resonate in their hearts that they might receive a blessing from your spirit. That the great teacher would pass by and show me and them that you love us, that you are our strength, you are our refuge in time of trouble. God, thank you for not leaving us in this world all alone, but giving us your Holy Spirit, giving us your word, and yeah, even giving us this church, your church, all around the world today. Thank you for what you're going to do and thank you for being our refuge. Thank you for being our salvation. Thank you for being our Lord and thank you for being our Savior. Our wonderful Savior. Father, this invitation is yours and whatever you choose to do in the hearts of people, that's your business, not mine. Father, you do the work that I can't do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.